Wow, what a full morning. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a terrible trick to play on a pastor, you know, to have them dedicate their child and immediately after you have to like present, you know, the word of God, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> so whatever's going to come out here, let's just, do you promise to have grace with me? Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> well, uh, good morning, church. It is so good to be with you this morning. Um, and uh, can I just say first and foremost, like, what a biblical group of like babies we have up here. Do you hear those names right now? Like, like, amen. <laughs> you know, um, thank God we skipped things like Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's a mercy on anybody doing a baby dedication. But, uh, oh, and just a reminder, um, I don't know if this made it into, I was so focused on Noah that I, I didn't see any of the announcements, but we have right after service, we have empanadas that are being sold out um, there. Yeah, if you want to have, yeah, if you want to have like a life-changing experience that is near to, although not quite like salvation, go get an empanada. <laughs> Can I just tell you, we had a, a, at Cutting Edge, like our, our youth ministry, we had an empanada night, which I like, it's, we, like, I didn't realize that like when we had asked a couple of like the, the people from the Spanish ministry and our, you know, uh, folks that know how to make empanadas, like if they would make a couple empanadas, like they came to represent, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, it wasn't just an event that we were having, like they were there to ensure that like we understood how, how good they make empanadas, you know? So stop by, grab some of those. It's a fundraiser for uh, the Heart of God outreach. So uh, do that, like support the ministry and, and like, like praise the Lord. We get to, you know, it's a new covenant, you know what I mean? Meat and cheese, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, amen. Okay. So as a, you know, as a new father, uh, I find that it is, uh, I, I'm learning so much. Uh, I don't know, for those of you who are, who are parents, have been parents for a while, there's a whole, like, we did the birth class, you know what I mean? So I learned, like, all about, like, how to be there for, like, the birth. You know, I learned so much about, like, you know, the child CPR, you know, we have, to, we have to do a refresher. But, like, we have so many things, right, that, like, we've learned. But the thing that nobody told me is, like, the names for things that I would have to memorize, right? I don't know if you know this, but, like, whoever is, has come up with the names for, for baby products, they do not intend for you and I to pronounce them. They just don't. Let me give you an example, right? We all know the binky, right? Hopefully, right? That's, what a pa that's, the, that's slang for a pacifier, if you didn't know. Um, that's what the binky is. But did you know about the boppy or the moby? Maybe the windy, the LV, the hatch, the halo, the Frida, not like Pastor Ralph Frida, but like the Frida, okay? There's a snoo. S-N-O-O, -O. apparently it's very expensive, okay? We don't have that. Um, we don't have a lot of these <laughs> that I know of. Um, there's a Dockatot, there's a Hakka, there's an Ubi Ubi, there's a Wabanoob, <laughs> there's a Kek Karu and a Nuna. How many of you feel like you just stepped into a Dr. Seuss novel, right? <laughs> Amen. Like, and if, and you, if you find yourself, as, if, as a new parent, I find myself walking around Target being like, I you know some of these I might need, but I couldn't tell you, I couldn't go tell somebody what it is I found. You know what I mean? Like if I had to go tell Gab, like, hey, we really need the, the, the wooba wooba thing. You know what I mean? She just looked at me like, are you, are you okay? Like, do we need to call somebody? Um, right? Because there's so many, like the, the, the name for these things and what they represent you know, can get very confusing, right? What something is supposed to mean and what we call it sometimes are two different things, 
know what I mean? Uh, and that's where like, you just find that as like for us, Gab and I as new parents, we just come up with names for things because we can't quite pronounce it all the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get that thing that does the, the, the thing for, the, for his nose. I'm like, oh right, yeah, that thing. You know what I mean? Like that's um, because we can't figure it all out. And see, that principle of like, we need to know what it is that we're talking about right? What a definition is to a word, because if we miss what it means, we can miss the purpose behind it. And this is true when it comes to the Word of God, right? This is true when it comes to the Word of God. You see, we're in this series right now called The Way of Jesus, right? We've been talking about these different aspects and living a life in pursuit of Christ, right? In pursuit of living like Jesus, right? Becoming like Christ. Like, that's, that's what the Word calls us to do. In fact, the word Christian means little Christ, right? Like there is a pursuit that our lives are supposed to be coming more and more honed in the way of Jesus. And so as we've been talking about these different attributes of Christ and how we live them out in our lives, today we're talking about the way of Jesus when it comes to sacrifice. Right? Nobody likes hearing about that in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good morning, church. We're talking about sacrifice. You know what I mean? In our lives. The, there's a lot of verses in the Bible about sacrifice. Right? Um, about uh, not just talking about Old Testament sacrifice, but how we need to live our lives sacrificially, laying down our desires in pursuit of, of the Lord. Right? In pursuit of God's call on our life. But you know, you don't, you don't find too many of those like hand-stitched on a pillow. You know what I mean, right? Like those aren't, those aren't always the most fun, you know? Um, you're not going to find like a, a nice like, you know, flowery quilt with like all the great cloud of witnesses, that some of which were martyred that Paul talks about, right, in Hebrews. Like you're not, you're not finding that one, you know, generally it's not the one you're getting encouraged with. Uh, but the truth is when we talk about sacrifice, you know, we cannot follow Christ. We cannot say Jesus is Lord and Savior and think that we can escape the truth that there are things in life we have to pay prices for. Amen? Amen. So as we talk about the way of sacrifice, um, you know, I just want to attack a, a mindset. First and foremost, when we talk about sacrifice, you know, you and I don't have to sacrifice to gain God's favor. Did you know that? And I just want, some of you, maybe you've come in here and you feel like you're just working hard. And so you, the, more, the harder you work, the, the, the more drained you get. And you feel like, oh, if I can just give a little more, if I, can, if, I can, if I can fight a little bit more through this, God will really, really be happy about me this time. That's not the picture when it comes to sacrifice, right? God favors you. I just want to say this up front. God has favored you, not because you did anything to earn it. He favored you because he chose you. And he chose to let his son go to the cross for you. Can I tell you, John 3, 16 just hits differently when you have a newborn, right? That he chose his one and only son to go to the cross that you and I can have relationship with God. You and I don't have to earn relationship with God. You don't have to do it, right? And we can have this mindset in the church and we can let that seep in. And that's not God's word. So if you're here this morning and maybe you feel like, maybe you've come in and you just feel like, oh, I really want God to like me. I really want God to be proud of me. Or, or I really want breakthrough in this or that. Listen, when it comes to relationship with God, you don't need to do a thing, right? All we need to do is say yes to Jesus, right? Saying yes to Jesus engages us with our heavenly Father. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were necessary when it came to having any kind of communion with God. 
right? There, they, I mean, like, and you read through, like, in fact, I was reading through, like, all the different sacrifices in the Old Testament in the temple they had to do, right? There's all these kinds of different sacrifices, and they were made constantly so that the priesthood and God's people could stay in communion with God. Because in the Old Testament, a sacrifice, right, was made, and the moment that, like, any sin was committed after that sacrifice, oh, we're back to square one, right? That's not where we're at with the Lord. Right? That's not our God when it comes to Jesus, right? Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice that we could have full communion with God. You already have at your disposal God's love, His kindness, His favor, His presence, His peace, right? Sometimes we don't, <laughs> we don't always walk in those things, right? And that's where it comes to walking in the way of Jesus, right? Saying yes to Jesus and no to all the other things, right? And sometimes that's a sacrifice, right? Amen? Amen. Um, so if you have with your notes there, listen, and just forgive me, I might not get to all your notes. Noah was up at like 4 a.m., you know, and then he was like, I have slept, I'm good, I wish to eat, and now let's party. And um, I've not slept <laughs> pretty much since then. Um, so forgive me if all these notes don't get filled in. <laughs> um, so when it comes to the way of Jesus, if we're going to walk in the way of Jesus, we have to recognize that first and foremost, uh, sacrifice will always be part of the journey. Sacrifice will always be part of the journey, right? Here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. In life, we will always sacrifice something. And this is true. You know, this might sound scary, but we, we're going to choose to sacrifice things in life, right? If you take a, a job that's maybe a, a commute, there's a sacrifice of your time. And right now with gas prices, right, there's a sacrifice of your treasure um, that gets made, right, to make that commute. You know, there's a sacrifice that's made for the thing that you're pursuing. Um, it, for, uh, you know, if somebody's going to be uh, stay at home, like a stay at home mom or stay at home dad, right, there's a sacrifice of other things so that they can do the thing that they want to do, that they feel called to do right? We are always in life going to make a sacrifice for something. Here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Will we sacrifice life's minor comforts for God's destiny, or will we sacrifice God's destiny for our comfort? This is the question that we, everybody who's ever said yes to Jesus, I want to live with you, I want you to come and live on the inside, we have to ask ourselves this question. And the truth is, we have to ask ourselves this question over and over again, right? Because there's always going to be a price to pay. I can remember being in high school, and um, it's, I tell you what, like, being in the world is not like, if the world acted like high school, it just, we, it, we, it would be World War III every day, you know what I mean? Like, it would just, like, right now what's going on in Ukraine just wouldn't, it wouldn't compare, you know what I mean? Like, we, like high school is just a toxic place. It was for me, um, anyway, when I was there. And there were prices to be paid for saying, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to go there, I'm not going to live another way. I'm going to do it God's way. There were prices to be paid, right? Amen? Amen? So when we talk about the sacrifices that we make, let, let me just give you some examples, right? We can give when we, we pay prices, right? That term sacrifice, talking about laying something down, paying a price, right? To pursue God's purpose in our lives. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about sacrifice for the sake of sacrifice. We're not talking about struggle and pain for the sake of struggle and pain, right? There was, uh, you go back, you know, 500 years, there was a, you know, a, a sect of monks that would beat themselves, right? And flail themselves in thinking that they were going to earn God's favor, right? That if they suffered more, God would like them more. Can I tell you, that is not our God, right? Amen, right? That's not the purpose. But there are things that we listen. If we're going to pursue the Lord's purpose in our lives, there may be things we're called to lay down, 
right? Some examples of that are like our time, talent, or treasure. We talk about there's three ways of giving, right? We can give of our time. We can give of our talent. We can give of our treasure, right? To see the kingdom advance, right? Not, we can't always do all of those, right? But God can oftentimes can tell you how many times have you like felt like that God put on your heart to, to give a little extra or to just give somebody money as a gift or even give anonymously, right? That, there's, it, that might be a sacrifice. But look at the blessing that not only does God pour out on you, but pours out on others through you, right? That's a sacrifice, yes, but the blessing so outweighs the cost, right? That's what we talk about when we talk about sacrifice in the way of Jesus. Uh, David had an example with this in 2 Kings, I'm sorry, 2 Samuel, verse 24, 24, and I don't have this on your screen because, um, unless Cammie did, no, she didn't, okay, um, <laughs> because I put this in like last minute, so there's a few of those. Uh, I love it. He is, uh, Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, not Daniel, David is going to make a sacrifice before the Lord, right? He is there to, to kind of dedicate um, to the Lord a portion of land, and so the, the owner of the land says, I'll give it to you for free, like you're king anyway. It's yours, like the oxen, the cattle, the lambs, the land, it's all yours, whatever you need, like be blessed. And David's response, I love this, he says, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Can I tell you, church, I think that if, if we want to see the church in the world today be the salt and light that God has called it to be, especially for such a time as this, it will, we will never see that happen if we want to try and give to God that which costs us nothing, right? And I can't tell you, listen, this seeps in. Like, this, this is not something that we think of, but subconsciously, I think if we're in the church for long enough, we can start to think to ourselves, well, how can I, how can I serve God and how can I do all the things I'm supposed to do but really not have it cost me anything? Right? And that's not a conscious thought. That's like an emo that's, a, that's a heart thought. That's an emotional thought. And we can kind of slip into this process of, well, we give until like we feel like it's enough, right? Or we serve until we feel like we've served enough, right? Or we, we you know, we, <laughs> we love people until we feel like we've loved them enough, you know what I mean? And then it's like, and then we stop. And like, we've gotten to our comfort zone, you know, which at one point probably was some level of sacrifice for us, right? If you've ever served in ministry, the first time you've ever, you know, has anybody ever like spoken publicly, like, like shared a testimony or something, right? It's terrifying the first time you do it. It's like you really would rather just any other thing happen than have to talk in front of other people, you know? Um, and then there comes this moment where you kind of cross that barrier, that threshold, and suddenly like it's, it's not as painful as it was before. Can I tell you how many times God wants us to take that comfort zone and make that step of sacrifice and say, okay, God, what do you have for me on the other side of this, right? When, where, where is that place that we can push to next? Because God is not a God of stagnation, right? He doesn't want you and I to just, like, just become stale, right? He wants to make, like, the pursuit, we want to become Christ-like. That means we have to pay prices to pursue Christ. Amen? Um, all right, other ideas, right? Praise is called the sacrifice of our lips, right, in the Word. When's the last time, hey, have you ever had a moment where you're in worship and you're just singing the songs, right? And there was, that, there was maybe a heart of praise maybe earlier in the service, but now the coffee's running out, you know what I mean? And just kind of the words go on autopilot because they're up there anyway, you know? Like we have to set praise. We, sometimes we have to be intentional to give the Lord praise. Sometimes it's putting our flesh down like fasting, 
Oh, church, can I tell you, we live in a world today where the world needs the church to be a fasting church. Can I tell you, a lot of churches, uh, it's tradition between now, like in the Holy Week starting today, to, to fast something. Right, going up through um, Resurrection Sunday uh, and then like, like feasting on Resurrection Sunday. That was always a tradition of the church because there's a power in fasting, right? That's a sacrifice. It's putting our flesh under, it's putting our flesh down to pursue the Spirit, right? To pursue what God wants for us. Can I tell you how many times in my life I have stopped short of breakthrough in my life because I couldn't, I couldn't get my flesh to fast more than an hour, right? And like I couldn't make myself stop what I'm doing, put aside whatever it is that's satisfying the flesh, and just spend that time pursuing the Lord. I, I, I can't tell how many times the breakthroughs in my life would have been there sooner had I said, okay, God, I'm going to focus on you instead of satisfying the flesh. Right? And the flesh being like this, this carnal body, this, the flesh nature, right? The, the fallen nature of us. If we could put that aside and say, God, I'm going to pursue what you want for me. Man, the breakthrough that's on the other side of that. The world right now needs a church that's willing to put down the flesh. Amen? The world right now needs the church to be the hands and feet of, of Jesus, right? That's the body of Christ active upon the earth, doing what Jesus did, loving how Jesus loved, serving how Jesus served, right? And sometimes that means we have to pay some prices, right? Can I tell you, what would the world look like if the church was unified? Just like Jesus said to the Lord, let them be one just as you and I are one, if we were living that out. How different the world would look. And listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you, I'm preaching to me, right? I need to pay these more prices. I need to say, Jesus, what is it that I need to do? How pursuing you do I need to lay other things down, right? And run hard after you. If the Bible were a roadmap to try and live life as easily as possible, which to be fair, listen, and, and the truth is, nobody, nobody wants life to be difficult, right? But if the goal were just to live an easy life, and, and can I tell you, being like, when I was newly saved, like I figured that was like the purpose of God, right? Like we came to Jesus, right? He forgave us of our sins, and now nothing bad ever happens again, <laughs> right? Now that was what I figured. I'd be like, got it. Figured it all out. Don't need to read the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like newly saved version of me, you know, much younger version of me, didn't, uh, didn't have it all together, right? If it was solely about life being easy, right? If it was solely about life not needing any sacrifice, us needing to lay nothing down, then let me tell you, Noah, would have never built the ark. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have never faced the fiery furnace. David would have never faced Goliath. None of the judges through the book of Judges would have done all the things they did. If you ever read the book of Judges, you're like, that's in the Bible, <laughs> right? Like things that, they, that, that God uses them for, right? Job would have just cursed God and died, right? <laughs> right? Uh, uh, by the advice of Job's wife. Right, that was, that was the advice that she gave him. Um, Paul would have never been renamed to Saul. I'm sorry, <laughs> I reversed that. Saul would have never been renamed to Paul on his road to Damascus, and Jesus would have never gone to the cross. Right, you go through Scripture, every picture of somebody who did what God called them to do, to live their life the way God called them to live, there was a price to be paid, Right? Can I tell you, with every one of their lives, you go through every one of those stories, and it is a prelude to God pouring out His Spirit, His blessing, right? His rescue, 
culminating with Christ who rescued us. Amen? And here's three things that they all have in common. One, every one of those people, and countless more I talked about, right? They first, they obeyed God's leading. Like I said before, right? They didn't sacrifice for the sake of sacrifice. They obeyed God's leading. Secondly, they paid prices out of God's grace. Some of you need to hear that this morning. When we talk about paying prices and, and, and that there are, there are things in life we have to sacrifice to pursue the Lord, we don't do it out of our own strength, right? And that's the third point there, right? Is that we don't do it out of our own strength. We do it out of His grace. His grace. He supplies the grace to do it. Can I tell you there are moments where the grace is not there to do something? Then God's not calling you into that thing, right? Or He is, and you are to wait until you have the grace to do it, right? Sometimes we, that, that's part of following the Lord, is we do it in His grace, not by our strength, not by trying to force the door open, right? All right, number two here in your notes. Walking in the way of Jesus means that we look at sacrifice the way Jesus did. That we look at sacrifice the way Jesus did. Hebrews 12, uh, verse 2 says, We look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the finisher, hear that? The finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That word joy there, right, is the word in the Greek kahar. Uh, well, okay, kahara. That's my best Greek interpretation for you. I hope that, this is, <laughs> hope that you enjoyed it. Um, it means, ready, it means the kind of cheerfulness that is full of calm delight, right? Jesus, when he saw the cross, this is in your notes, didn't just see its suffering. He saw us. Jesus looked to the cross, the ultimate price he was going to pay in his ministry on the earth. And he didn't just see its suffering, he saw you and me. Right? So here's my question, church. When we pay prices to pursue the Lord, do we look at it with joy, thinking of Christ who is set before us? Right? You know, it's funny, in, in, in life, you know, it, who, who plays chess? Does anybody ever play chess? Is anybody a good chess player? If that's the case, I'm not going to play you. you I'm, that's not a challenge, okay? Um, I'm not a good chess player. I don't, I don't play chess very well. People talk about 4D chess like I have a hard time with checkers, you know? Um, but I do know this, that in any kind of game of chess, that the, a player will sacrifice any amount of pawns or other pieces in order to preserve the king. When it comes to the great chess match of eternity, God has chosen to sacrifice the king so that pawns, you and I, can become kings and queens in his kingdom. That's the picture of sacrifice, right? Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice that we could be royalty in his kingdom. He considered us in our helpless estate, right? He chose you and I when we could give nothing back. In fact, the word says, well, we were still enemies of him. He chose to love us, right, and give himself for us. There is that calm delight, right? I imagine that with Jesus in the, in the garden. Uh, James 1, verse 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, brothers. <laughs> Consider it pure joy. You know that word, like pure joy, and that, that translation talks about um, the kind of joy that is, you know, hilarious, right? Like full of elation. Have you ever, like, just busted out hilariously, like, because somebody said something funny? Have you ever laughed at something that wasn't funny? that you found funny and nobody else did? 
Okay, just me. That's fine. It's all good. Um, right? <laughs> Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds. What an encouragement. Right? When you encounter trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know what's interesting? Kind of the picture there is that trial of many kinds, right? We're not complete in Christ until we face those trials, right? You think about this like with a a pot, right? Um, uh, Pete McConnell. Uh, fires clay and pots, and he makes all kinds of awesome things. My favorite mugs are made by him. Um, just shout out to Pete, wherever he is. Um, so y- what I love is that, you know, you, you can make uh, like a nice vase out of clay, right? And it can look really good, and all the elements are there, right? It's, it's everything it's supposed to be. It, it, it's, it's got the glaze on it, and it's got all this stuff, but until that actually goes through the fire and gets hardened, it's not useful. In fact, no longer how long, I actually, I, I saw his uh, little workshop at one point, and he had like a couple unfinished pieces that had been there apparently for a while. And I was like, well, what would happen if like those came in contact with water? He was like, oh, they'd melt immediately. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord, right? It doesn't matter how long maybe you feel like there have been things in your life that sat on the shelf of God's plans that you're waiting for him to bring to fullness. If we aren't willing to pay the prices to, to follow God's purposes for our lives, if we're not willing to pay that price to see his destiny unfold for us, that thing is always going to fall apart, right? There is a need. The trial that we go through is necessary that we be mature and complete, Right? You ever think about that? That's why he says, consider it pure joy, right? Because there's something so good on the other side. It doesn't feel good now, right? The first thing that you ever learn as a child is that there are things that don't feel good right now that are really good for you, right? For me, that was broccoli and peas. My mom can attest to that. She has stories. Uh, If you want to know more, you can find her, right? Matthew 5, 11 to 12. Blessed are you, this is Jesus speaking, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. I just want to pause there. When you read that verse, remember that it ends with, that that portion right there, it ends with a period right there. He says, because of me. God didn't say that you should live in a terrible environment, right? God didn't say, yes, your work environment is horribly toxic and it's draining you and your family and everyone you know of life but good for you, right? That's not what it's saying. It's saying because when you go through these things, Jesus says, because of me, right, you're blessed. He says, rejoice and be glad, right? Again, there's that rejoice and be glad, yay. Um, Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you, right? Can I tell you, we don't live in a society that rejoices when we get insults, persecuted, and we have all kinds of falsely, false claims brought against us, right? And all kinds of evil. We live in a society where it's like, we we immediately lawyer up, right? In that moment. Like, that's the moment that we see dollar signs, you know what I mean? Like, we live in the, the, you know, the sue happy culture, right? When Jesus is in here, when we go through these things for his sake, consider it joy. Consider it joy. I can't tell you the last time I, I've gone through something I thought to myself, woohoo, that was awesome. You know what I mean? But there's that's, you know what that requires? That requires a level of discipline. Saying, Lord, I choose joy. Amen. It's not easy to do this for you, but I'm choosing joy. 
Charles Spurgeon uh, wrote this, and I love Charles Spurgeon quotes, so uh, bear with me. He says, to risk all with Jesus is to end all risk. Right? Did you hear that? I hope that convicts you as much as it convicts me. (laughs) To risk all with Jesus is to end all risk. Right? It's not easy. Listen, I I just want to say, on behalf of anybody who's ever told you to follow Jesus is easy, I I just want to say I'm sorry that somebody told you that. (laughs) But I will say, to follow Jesus is worth it. To follow Jesus is worth it. You know, I ran a marathon back in 2015 when I was much more ready to run a marathon. Um, And I'll tell you, I I barely crawled across the finish line. Like it was, I was not a pleasant, I wasn't the triumphant crosser of the finish line, you know, that looked like I could keep going. Like I saw those people, they were 17 miles ahead of me, right? And I hated them in the time, right? Um, I thought, anyways, um, so, but I'll tell you, when I crossed the finish line, which I, I crossed looking like, I basically was just a human puddle right? Like, I I looked like, I looked how I felt in that moment. But even in that moment of excruciating pain, which it was excruciating, there wasn't one moment I thought to myself, I wish I took it easier. Can I tell you, we're going to cross the heaven's finish line. We're going to get to a point, we're going to look on the other side. I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be no more mystery to the events that are about to unfold in human history. We're going to have seen it all. The heavens are going to be rolled back like a scroll. We're going to see the kingdom of God established upon the earth. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And you and I, my friends, are going to be there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. I guarantee you, we're not going to look back and say, man, I wish I didn't pay prices for the Lord. We're not going to look back and say, oh, I wish I, I didn't give as much as I did. You know, or I wish, oh, I really wish I just had more free time to myself. You know, like that's not going to be the moment we're going to wish we had, we had paid fewer prices. That's going to be the moment we're going to wish we had worked harder to get there, that we had paid the prices more, that we had said yes to when Jesus said it's going to hurt, but follow me, right? Because those are the things that last for eternity. Amen. Amen. Those are the things that last into eternity. Following Jesus is not easy. I don't know of anything that's easy that's worth doing. Right? There's nothing that's easy that's worth doing. (laughs) Just ask a mom who gave birth. (laughs) Amen, ladies? So listen, I'm I'm not even getting to the rest of my notes. I don't have time. I really don't have time. Um, So listen, hey, maybe you're here this morning. And maybe, maybe you've uh, come in here, and maybe it's your first time for the first time in a long time at a church. Maybe this is your first time ever hearing me talk about, like, be it being worth it following Jesus. Listen, if we're going to be the salt and light upon the earth, that means we have to be able to at some point say, Jesus, I'm not just making you Savior, I'm making you Lord. Right? Savior means that, yes, he paid the price for our sin. Lord means that he gets to make the decisions in life. So, hey, maybe you're here and you've never made a, a decision to say, Jesus, I, I, I don't even know you as Lord yet. I need you as Savior. And maybe you're here and you made a decision at one point in life and you said, Jesus, I want you to be Savior. But that picture of him being Lord has just faded away. Listen, I, I just want to encourage you. We're going to pray a prayer here in just a moment. 
And it's just a prayer saying, Jesus, that you are, yes, the Lord and Savior. I want you to come and live on the inside. And the word describes that when we say yes to Christ, that this thing inside of us that was dead now comes alive. Right? It goes from dead to life. Right? That there's something that comes alive on the inside. And I feel like the Lord's saying that there's maybe you've even been burned by a church. Or you've been in a place where people are supposed to represent God and they've wounded you and they've hurt you. I feel like the Lord's even today saying that He wants a fresh start for you. That it's time for a new start, that we are in a new season. And I feel like the Lord's saying that, hey, if you will say yes to me today, watch how I say yes to your needs. Right? Watch how He becomes, you know, because the Lord, you know, a Lord of a land is to steward land. Right? That means we make Him Lord, we make Him not just, He doesn't just call the shots. That means we're saying, you are my caretaker. Right? Can I tell you if Noah right now, like if Gab were to tell me that he needs me right now, like we, we'd all just be sitting here, I'd just go. <laughs> That'd be it, right? My son needs me, I'm going to be over there. That's the relationship God wants to have with you. Right? That as you have needs, he wants to be right there. Right? The only way we can do that is through Jesus. Amen? So listen, we're just going to pray a real simple prayer. I'm going to ask you if you would just repeat after me. There's nothing special about the words, but let's make a fresh rededication to the Lord this morning. Right? Let's make a fresh uh, uh, call out to our Heavenly Father this morning. So would you just uh, bow your heads with me? Let's just pray this together. Dear Jesus, I make you today not just Lord, but also Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Help me to follow after you all the days of my life. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Well, hey, listen, church, if you, maybe, maybe if you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love it if you just let us know on your Connect card. We would love to keep you in prayer. We would love to uh, even send you a gift. And if you maybe prayed that prayer for the first time in a long time, and today's maybe a rededication for you, saying, yes, Lord, I want to follow after Jesus afresh and anew, would you let us know on there too? Because we want to keep you in prayer because, hey, God has purpose for you. Amen? God didn't roll the dice and you just popped out at such a time as this for no reason. He put you here specifically because he has purpose for your life, right? And we want to keep you in prayer and support you in that. Otherwise, if you need prayer for anything, there are folks up here that would love to pray with you. And if you're joining us online, same thing. You can text connect uh, to our number. You can let us know that maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time. and We would love to keep you in prayer. Otherwise, church, thank you for joining us this morning. It was a joy to be with you. And thank you for attending um, my son's dedication. Just, just really appreciate it, all you guys. <laughs> for real, but we love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And please go out and get yourself some empanadas. All right? Amen.